0: Afternoon, whatever time zone you're in uh, and you can say it yourself <clears throat> so the idea here this is something we uh, f- um, intermittently do is called an open interview where people used to be people would come up and sit uh, right here and we would talk and have a an exchange maybe for uh, um, 15 20 minutes or as long as it would take uh, to do that and uh, as long as the person m- people usually run out of questions but not always so i'm here to start out and um katie may uh, who has just started uh, attending these uh, talks has uh, kind of together we talked about she said she would like to do this on youtube and i said we already have a structure for this which is the open interview there she is okay yes very good and so uh, what we'll do is uh, we'll start we bow all about each other like so and then um and then, then Katie, uh, we can start wherever you want to, if you have some questions written down or memorized or you're just thinking them up on the spot, whatever that may be. This is not a conversation, I'll remind everybody. Katie already knows that, not a con- we're not talk back and forth. It can be conversational, so, but sometimes uh, too much of the conver- uh, conversational uh, structure gets in the way of the teaching because it becomes uh, a give and take which is fine, That's socially that's wonderful. But from from the teaching point of view and a learning point of view, whether this person, and it works both directions, works for the, the apparent student, the receiver of what's happening. And it also works from the point of view of the teaching person who if he, she, or they are listening, they will actually be receiving at the same time the student is. You can't do this unless you can receive and that means you receive without evaluating, receive without judging what's being said. No judgment's happening there. So let's go for it. Where do you want to start? Can I hear you? Uh,
1: I hope so. Can you hear yeah. me?
0: Yeah, go ahead.
1: Uh, okay, so my first question for you is, um, uh, in the last Q&A that I witnessed, um, there was a man asking, how do we know when to shift from stillness into action, from like listening into doing? Um, and you said, don't do anything unless you have to. This is something yeah. that has come up a few times. Don't do anything unless you have to.
0: Amplify?
1: But I don't, um, can you hear me okay?
0: Yeah, I'm just asking if someone here can <laughs> amplify since okay. we have... People sitting here, I don't know if they can hear you so well or not. Okay, thank probably you. Probably not your technology, but probably ours.
1: Um, so my question. Um,
0: yes, go ahead.
1: Is around like this concept of what we have to do. Technically, I don't ever need to drink water ever again. I don't have to drink water. Um, but there will come up. So a-, a statement.
0: A- that's a statement. I know that.
1: Yes, okay. That's so my, my question is. Okay, go ahead. Um Could you equally stand behind a statement like don't do anything unless you want to?
0: Uh, Well, you could say you want to drink water because you're thirsty, but at some point you might, if you want to live, which might be the higher uh, determination, you're you're going to have to drink some water. Uh, At some point you're probably going to have to drink some food. And it's interesting that some people can go a lot longer than others. Some people actually Gain weight, not eat and not eating. So I'm, but please go ahead. I, I'm interested in, in in your inquiry. Go ahead, please.
1: Okay. I'm trying to make sure to keep these all questions and not, not go into conversation. Well I'll stop okay.
0: you. But don't worry.
1: Okay. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> um, okay. So lately when I've been sitting in meditation and I've been receiving um, something that keeps coming to me is um, my Dharma is my pleasure. Yeah. And for me, again, this isn't quite a question yet, it, it's coming. Um, for me, this means two things, that, that part of my dharma is to literally be in pleasure in my physical senses. And also that my dharma doesn't have to be this weighty responsibility that is like crushing me, but it can be pleasurable. And I'm curious if, if you think it's possible that, like, that if humanity was to all, like, one person at a time, lean into experiencing more pleasure, um, that a consequence might be the reduction of suffering. Do you think that's possible? Well,
0: uh, they would do that, but uh, the causes and conditions that arise as each of the several billion people are so, so different and so discreet from each other, that for the, someone, to, uh, even if they hear about what you just said, they, they are so wound up in the causes and effects that actually brought them into this uh, human realm. Uh, it's, it's unlikely that can happen, maybe at some point, but not right away. You can't just, oh, that's a great idea, and start acting that way. Uh, if you did, there, there would be no politics. But keep going. That's a good area to talk about.
1: Hmm.
0: now here again Katie Katie me I'm not saying you can't do that I'm not saying 1500 other people can't do something along that line but uh, um, in Buddhism uh, this is uh, and this is not a this is a description not a, not a judgment of anything it's this is called the, he- the heaven realm or the realm where, or the realm where one has has come into an area of accomplishment that can be supported by the karma that is behind you like your mom your dad their mother their father the particular genes, you can't leave anything out, the society, the culture. Uh, so you could be in a situation where you could function the rest of your life that way. in uh, more or less, more or less, you could be, some people are very, very, can't imagine why anybody would want to meditate. They're so damn delighted with their life and with their, with their children's uh, uh, GCT scores and their, and their own intelligence and their, their ability to have jobs and make money and, and their car never breaks down and da, 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 da. So some people are just what did we say that how does it got it made yeah some people have it made and wonder why why silver like billion billionaires wonder why people want a minimum wage well they the causes and conditions that brought them into that particular aspect of the human realm the god realm uh do, probably do have a lot of trouble you know they feel sorry for people so it isn't like they don't have compassion of course that's a misunderstanding of compassion so what you're saying there i would say it's You know, it's kind of idealistic, but I'm not saying it shouldn't be uh, worked with. I say don't do anything uh, unless you have to. And I mean meditation. I don't promote meditation other than if somebody sits in front of me. I said, you might want to train your mind. Don't believe me. Don't disbelieve me. And since you're listening, you might want to not ignore what I'm saying. You could consider it, see how that looks. But let's go back into the territory you're describing here and see if we can – Uh, deconstruct not to not to judge it but to break it down a little bit so we can understand more clearly what it is you're asking about
1: okay um i feel like i need to chew on all that for a second um in a message exchange that we that we were um exchanging you mentioned something about the controlled god realm yeah what do you mean by that
0: So, uh, God realm is, uh, there are six realms, and the the lowest one is, and there are probably uh, probably lots of other uh, territories involved in this, but the simple way that it is taught in the Buddhist teachings, uh, the uh, realm of desire, the six realms, uh, the hell realm of torture and suffering and warfare, just constant, and then uh, the Hungry Ghost Realm, or the area where someone is so addicted and so craving, and so after some one thing that they don't even notice, they're in an actual three-dimensional space. They're so tied up in their addiction. A good, a way, common way to say it. And the animal realm are that style of personality that just kind of shuts down and has the ability to uh, uh, avoid difficulty, suffering, or stress or worry by just closing off. Some people are very good at just shutting down. You probably have met a few who don't seem to. They're not they don't lack an in intelligence. It's just, they're very good at just closing off and not look at just, you know, some people just clean house. They feel bad. They just clean house. They don't have therapists. Other people that doesn't work. They have to get a therapist or they might have to stumble into the path of the Buddha's Dharma or meditation. So then the next one up is the human realm, which is, uh, is the only one of the six realms where you could actually see, you have, have enough curiosity, enough openness, and people flash in and out of this. Some people, the most of their life is in the human realm of being curious. And it's also a realm of uh, desire. And it's a realm of suffering, of ex- really experiencing the, the the immediacy of suffering rather than the combinations of suffering that take us back away from suffering by blaming others or explaining things and so on. The next one up is the... Jealous God realm, and this Jealous God realm is someone who's on the way to this kind of uh, complete um, wonderful wearing a crown, wearing, you know, living in a pal- a palace or uh, in a uh, McMansion or something like that. Just <laughs> have everything. They were given money. They were given this. They were given intelligence. It, it, sometimes we, pe- people will say, I earned that. No, you don't earn anything. You don't really earn anything. And I can respond to questions about that if you have them. But so and then the God realm is the one where you you finally won the competition and you got to the top. And there, there might be, you know, a few hundred thousand other people who are in that same uh, area, but not many. And, and there's and it does not last. Even if it lasts for 80 years, death comes without warning. And then then uh, all, you uh, know, the karma that has been ha- happening during that lifetime may show up for something. Still, you cannot. There's no way out of this. This is called the realm of desire. This is the human realm, and I'm not, I'm not uh, ignoring all the other realms: the realm of aliens, the realm of uh, uh, disembodied spirit, spirits, um, the realm of uh, of other uh, dimensions altogether, of, of beings that are that are uh, existent but do not exist in a biological situation. How do I know that? How do I know all of that? I don't know it. I don't have relative knowledge. A little bit. I know where to get somebody to help me put on my robe. meant to be funny of course but I'm saying this uh, so this area that you're talking about is uh, it's worth talking about my goodness let's have a wonderful comfortable realm of desire uh, where everything is going well it's just the difficulty of maintaining that without actually shutting down on some aspects of your shall we say personally your karma or your culture's karma that has already been in motion. I mean, it's already a boulder coming back down the hill. The myth of Sisyphus uh, means that he's he or she has pushed that boulder all the way to the top, and, and because of gravity, because of relative truth, here it comes back down again. Then he has to stumble all the way back down, get behind the boulder, and push it back up again. It rotates. It's called samsara. Okay, I'll be quiet. Now you can <laughs> ask
1: something. Okay. So I hear a lot about suffering in Buddhism and in most major religions, there's either suffering or suppression. There's a, okay, but we can stick to Buddhism in this case. I hear a lot about suffering in Buddhism. Is there a place for pleasure in Buddhism?
0: Pleasure is suffering, not (laughs) separate. Here, Katie May, you may not realize that. And you may, you have a, big smile on your face, because I know that that's you're not going to you come know, be disrespectful to an old man and disagree with me particularly, but I know you don't agree. I've already talked to you. That's why I was really on board with doing this, because you're going to be asking me questions that, that other people think they already know about. I just gave them a, you know, that look. <laughs> but you're asking questions that really we all need to hear. I need it. Like I said, I'm anxious to hear how I'm gonna respond when I think I said that on the text. I, I wanna hear what I have to say to you because I know, I'm not saying I know how you think, but your, your questioning is, is uh, uh, unusual. Not that you're special, not special. Well, kinda. <laughs> Go ahead.
1: Um, okay, sorry, and there's like someone dealing with the snow out back, so hopefully you can still hear me okay.
0: I wonder if they're enjoying themselves.
1: You know, I really—I had—I experienced a lot of pleasure yesterday shoveling the snow off my car. Um, I missed that pleasure. So you said just now, pleasure is suffering. Yes. But you didn't really answer my question: Is there a place for pleasure in Buddhism?
0: Yes, it's just not permanent. You can't maintain it, but yes. I'm a Buddhist monk. I've been doing this for, I've been studying this informally for 60 years and formally for 48 years and teaching it for about, I don't know, 15 years maybe. So yes, I'm, I'm, I'm having a good time all the time, all the time, all the time. It's, it's there, there's, but, I, but it is not by separating myself from suffering. It's not by seeing the difference between pleasure and suffering. So anything that occurs is perfect. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's perfect. It's not perfect because I think it's perfect, because I don't particularly think.
1: Okay. <laughs> I thought I thought that was going somewhere. I don't particularly think. And then I realized no, that was the end of the sentence. No. Um I know, we too. Okay. So I was hearing like, when I asked if it's possible that we could maybe like turn things a bit for humanity by focusing on pleasure instead of suffering.
0: Is that a question?
1: No, um, am I correct in understanding you when you said it sounded like you said, um, not really. It's too idealistic. There's too many people in too many places suffering too much.
0: Yeah, rel- relatively, that's, that's what I would say. But I, we can take it in another direction. I'm not locked down on anything particularly. I'm waiting for you to ask me the questions that I have the answer to. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, uh, what, I don't know what they are until you ask me. So I don't hear them. I hear them at the same time you do because I don't, as I said, I don't think. i mean, That's not a bragging point. Uh, might do a lot better if I thought a little bit. Like my stepfather used to say back in uh, uh, 1951. How do you say that? Jesus Christ, Bobby, use your goddamn head. That's a quote. I remember thinking, now how would I go about that? He just telling me to do that but he's not really explaining to me how to do that so then i tried to look to him for an example but it was not particularly a good one okay i've I've said my bit there (laughs) go ahead
1: (laughs) okay and next I, i think i have a question about this concept of these boulders that are like falling down the hill and then we have to push them back up
0: yes it's a, it's a Western kind of metaphor, Yeah, but I, I'm willing to go any other direction you want. I don't have to use that.
1: The boulder is only heavy when we try to push it up the hill.
0: Okay. Don't do too much qualification. Just give me the straight question and we'll, we'll be a lot more uh, energy going back and forth.
1: Just yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, welcome. What do you think it's possible that that there could be this kind of um, awakening where people realize that they don't need to push so many boulders up so many hills yes. and just like let them roll?
0: Yes, I do. I think it's possible.
1: Okay. What do you think would need to happen for that to to be realized?
0: Each person, each person who seems uh, distinct and discreet from everyone else, their own mind, their own ideas, their own identity, their own hopes and fears, their own talents, abilities, uh, cravings, uh, pleasures, and so on, is very distinct uh, from everyone else. But fundamentally, relatively, they are, but fundamentally, you're not distinct. And until you or I, this is just a way of talking about it, because uh, I teach this differently to each person that I meet personally. But to say it generally, each person needs to find out who they are, not not society's idea, not one's egocentric idea or imputation about I'm this, I'm that or some not talking about a description. I'm talking about a fundamental understanding that liberates you from the chains of your afflictions, to put it in in a Uh, the way the teachings presented by some teachers. So, so that you are no, you, you haven't gotten rid of anything. There's still passion, aggression, and ignorance, but that which thought it was somebody is no, no longer has locality. No longer has time and space. No longer has desire. Everything is available. This is called freedom. And it's, it's ultimate freedom. It's not freedom from something. It's ultimately free. It's free from any, uh, Any gathering of something into something with a project of being happy or gathering into something with a project of uh, even training the mind. You have to start somewhere. It's called the provisional teaching. So (coughs) I teach it by saying, sit down, hold still, watch what moves, shikantaza, very simple, radical form of mindfulness awareness practice and realize your true nature before the body mind complex goes back into the elements of fire, earth, water and air. In other words, until we dissolve back into from once the body-mind came. But that which we actually are can't be destroyed because it is not created. It's like the sky. Uh, We know about the sky because of clouds. But if you know about the sky because of the sky, then clouds may come and clouds may go, but they leave no mark on the sky. Just a, a metaphor for the way the mind can work. So going back to your question. It's completely possible. My teacher, my first uh, teacher, Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche, the Vidyadara, talked about uh, creating an enlightened society. So he was very much, even though he came out of a monastic situation, uh, he was very much about creating a enlightened society. If, if I were to use, even go in that direction or not, uh, at all, which I, I don't think I have, but I can now because you're bringing it up. I said that that's what's happening here in this monastery little bit at a time, one person meditating here, one person, but you can't, you can't go beyond that and get into some kind of credentialing of people who are just because they've spent 15 years looking at the wall means, doesn't mean anything That's materialism. So yes, to go along with your, what you're saying. Yes. If you, if you have an actual spiritual path, that actually doesn't, is not just a bunch of bullshit ideas or beliefs. If you have beliefs, not good this is just highly polished ignorance if you have disbelief more highly polished ignorance and if you look away obviously ignorance so don't push it don't pull it don't shut down on it i could not teach or practice this if i believed in buddhism i don't believe in buddhism i don't believe in anything nor do i disbelieve in anything so i'm I'm just kind of laying it out there so you can come and get me if you can take whatever it is you're trying to find out and if you see some holes uh Uh, in in what I'm saying and and come and deconstruct this.
1: Okay. I wouldn't say I I see holes in what you're saying. I I am hearing what you're saying and I'm feeling it deeply, but I guess um, my next question for you then would be um, what is the role of the body so we have like, you know, we can no, just train ask, our minds and...
0: give me a straight question. I, I know what you're saying there about the other. Okay. Explain it. Say, what is the role of the body? And I'll yeah. respond.
1: What is the role of the body, please?
0: It's not separate from anything. It's not separate from the mind. They are not two different things. And one of the best ways to address the mind is through the body to address the mind in a way to train it. That's why we sit down, hold still, but we don't do it in a macho way that they did in ancient Japan or China or Tibet by making you sit still. That's a misunderstanding based on macho, basically men, pushing on things because there been, hasn't been been enough feminine energy in the, in the sangha. And I, insofar as I have anything to say about it, I'm going to change that. Uh, well, short of having a sex change, though, so I wouldn't rule that out. My wife just looked at me kind of startled. <laughs> I don't rule anything out. If it's in the service of others, as I see it, I don't rule anything out. And anything. You can't find anything that I won't, that I will exclude. Can't do it. It can't be done. If you see what this is, you're no longer a singular being. You might appear very singular because your personality, your ego is no longer a problem to you. You're not trying to get rid of your ego because you see that it is unreal. So therefore, you actually can meet people where they're at you, because you don't have any agenda around anything. They don't have to like you. Um, I mean, if they dislike you, it doesn't mean you're some kind of a, a stone. No, you're going to feel those feelings of that they don't like you, but you might feel sad. or But there's no solid being who really is experiencing that. There's no persona. There's no personhood. The personhood has, hasn't has gotten been, been gotten rid of. It has been seen through as being a charade.
1: Okay. So since we live in bodies that have desires, does we that do. mean that it's impossible to achieve, like to achieve or to attain or to get to a place of real freedom while we are in our bodies?
0: Of course. Okay, That's, That might be the only way because once the spirit the body mind drops and this, uh, whatever, uh, sovereignty is happening as a spirit. I don't use the word soul or any of that, but some kind of, uh, 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 consciousness only, which doesn't need a body, but it might want a body depending on the unresolved or, uh, um, um, the struggling with desire for this, want this, like not wanting to die is a big problem. Not wanting to die actually causes one to, suck onto a body form, sometimes called a ghost. So you have to liberate yourself while you're alive so you see that you are no longer this, you're no longer that, you're no longer anything, but you're also not separate from anything. And you actually see this through your sense fields and through your perception and through every level of your consciousness. And In the the Yoga tradition, it's called uh, the Alivijnana or the storehouse consciousness and that aspect of consciousness that is paranoid and is afraid of things and tries to cover up sometimes cover up fear with a pleasure or cover up fear with uh, addiction or cover up fear with some kind of activity. It might be golf. My mother just, she didn't need it. All she needed was a Budweiser and, and a house to clean. She was fine all day. <laughs> There's a lot of that. It <laughs> I sound kind of silly, but, but she did. That's, that's how she did it. I, I knew I watched her for quite a number of years. So going back to your idea. Absolutely. And, and relatively, yeah, let's, let's do it together. Let's, let's, I'll help you. I I got a lot of help from both of my teachers and from the Sangha that I was uh, hung out with. And some of those old Sangha members from many, many years ago are have have actually joined me uh, us, I should say in in very recent years. So yes, uh, it might not look like the enlightened society that, uh, the the the, 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 the trunk Rinpoche, who was, who came from another culture, as does Kovacina Roshi. You know, it might have been a little confusing just to get here and see how this whole thing was working. He did the best he could. He created Shambhala. Um, it has its, had its upside, uh, very powerful things that he was doing, and it had its downside, which I won't go into. But to go back to your question, yes, the, it's, it's all about, uh, happiness. It's just not happiness that is getting its, uh it's happiness from uh, from nerve endings that are that are opposed to the nerve endings, depending on the, any of the sixth sense fields, including the mind. One of the most painful nerve ending nerve endings is the mind. I mean, some people, even monkeys uh, will, if they're upset physically, they will transfer. I know I used to take care of monkeys insofar far as they let me. Uh, a baboon, if, if, they, if you sh- threaten them or stand in front of them and stare at them, they'll start to bite themselves. And, and the, you know I don't know this, I'm not a scientist, but my experience is they're biting themselves so they can transfer the anger or the fear into a physical situation because they can handle that. They can handle the physical. And so they'll transfer that into that. We do this all the time. People cut themselves and do different things there's just so many different ways of doing it. And and just because one person's functioning that way doesn't mean the other person is doing that way. Just because it looks very similar. Or the, the, as it says in the sutra, uh, tributary streams flowing through the darkness. Dependent origination is extremely complicated. It's so complicated that um, it might be better to sit down whole still and watch the subtle movement of your mind rather than try to fix some out there fix someone or fix this person with you or me or anyone here or anyone in this screen nothing is broken nothing you need fixing that's a, that's a mundane path the, the spiritual path is to realize your true nature which I'm very biased it's uh, not separate from the Buddha or the awakened one okay now you can talk more
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, well I'm glad this is recorded because I can't write fast enough
0: to um, Well Onyo's writing over here, so she she writes really fast on you. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: yes, please go ahead.
1: Um I'm curious about this concept of dependent origination and I, I don't know what that means and I kinda wanna ask more, but then I also
0: Well okay. uh, quickly. Quickly, we tend to by our focus on on uh, on uh, a striker and our focus on a gong. We impute that this is a solid separate thing and this is a solid separate thing. And when we bring them together, they create another solid separate separate thing in a, in another dimension called what sound. And, and that happens with it can happen with when you're baking a cake, and it can happen when you're uh, playing bingo. It can happen when you're meditating. Happen happen when you're having a uh, sexual activity. It can happen when you're bicycling, uh, when you're anything is uh, several simple, discrete things are coming together and providing something else usually. But to look deeply into this, we see that, and I'm just gonna do this uh, very quickly and then we'll go back to your question, but this came out of a tree. This was was turned on a lathe by someone uh, probably a long time ago, years ago, and then it was covered with a a piece of uh, looks like Fabric or possibly leather, and then this was cast out of bronze, maybe, probably 100 years ago, and uh, so and then they came together here, and then this hand, uh, the causes and conditions behind this hand go back millions of years. Uh, just because there's a human being, a man, sitting here who is, who is talking as if, as if, as if it doesn't doesn't mean that it is a it's separate from everything. It's completely. Uh, not separate. It doesn't mean it's connected to everything. That's a misunderstanding and that's a cop out of uh, the ego mind that wants to not, doesn't want to lose control. If you see what this is, the ego mind runs out of nutrition. It can't live on this kind of information. If, it, if you contemplate it, and how do you do that? Face the law and see, see what it is for yourself. So this, this has to have this, has to have a human being, has to have this mo- movement. So those are just three or four items that behind them are countless, countless numbers of things of where the brass came from, where the striker come, came from, where this room came from that this is a happening, where, where your ears come from that are actually receiving that sound in this particular teaching. Dependent origination can't be traced, but if you understand it, then the whole dynamic, the whole structure of belief and disbelief of right and wrong, disbelief, life and death, all the polarities, including the one that is so scary and profound, which is life and death are not two different things. Not something for you to believe. I don't believe that, I don't believe anything. And it's not a position where I'm a person who doesn't believe anything. I'm just saying, I, I'm just in a state of not knowing. Do you wanna call it a state? It doesn't feel like a state of not knowing. I don't know that I don't know until someone asks me. Like when you might say, what's for breakfast? And uh, she never says that. <laughs> we don't eat <need> breakfast. <clears throat> so we can, if that's helpful, it's just that you can't find a separate thing that isn't. It, here's another way I've said it before. And I think this is helpful. Anything that looks like it has a singular identity gets its identity from everything else. It's dependent for its singularity. This is definitely not uh, a goldfish. And a goldfish is not a a striker, but they're 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 not two different things. And if you see that with your intellect, that's one thing. It's sometimes called a scholar. Scholars tend to ter- convert everything they see into something they can into something else, which means something they can think about, talk about, argue about, dispute, or have debates, or or start whole lineages of uh, the spiritual path called uh, this or that, or this teaching or that teaching. I know I've been doing this for a while. I've run into a lot of that. Next.
1: Okay, so... This, this separation that is an illusion between the, the mallet and the, and the bowl. Good one. I understand that, this, that the separation is an, is an illusion. Okay. And also, with my physical body, I hear the sound of the bell, and it sounds nice. Also, um, so is there a place in this like philosophy for the separation to be celebrated? Or is our perception of, cele- of separation always bad? That's what
0: we're doing. That's what we're doing. I do it every day, all day long. Okay. I do it in my sleep. I do it on the roof. There's, I have a little friend on the roof. It's called the clown on the roof. I hang out with him every day. How's it going? Well, I don't like this loss of power I'm experiencing. That's a that's a metaphor I use for for my ego. It hasn't gone anywhere, it just doesn't isn't able to get into the building very easily to manipulate you. So your celebration now. Celebrate now. This is a celebration. Yeah. Okay. Come on.
1: (laughs) Um Ivan is asking, "How does dependent origination compare with karma?"
0: Yeah, so karma is a Sanskrit word that means action, and uh, dependent origination, or uh, what is it Samutpada has a fancy word that goes back thousands of years. In ancient India is where these teachings first arose, not only with the Buddha, but in the Upanishads and the, and in the uh, the Vedas, uh, other ancient teachings, and some some areas of Christianity and other other religious uh, indigenous people and so on. Uh, there are people who see this that aren't necessarily Buddhist, who understand deeply what this is and endeavor to help others. So it can show up in so many different ways. Uh, so the um, so what was your question?
1: <laughs> uh, how does dependent origination compare with karma?
0: So the karma is the is the actual this is causes that. The issue is then we, as soon as we see that cause and effect, we immediately, not immediately, but quite often go into praise and blame. Who did it? Who's at fault? Nobody's at fault for anything. Our whole prison prison system is in a good, strong, powerful example of a controlled hell realm, just like I was talking about a controlled heaven realm. It's, it's controlled by the state who wants to perpetuate a highly sharp edged and defined hell on earth on on the the ball of dirt in the middle of nowhere and so and that's promoted by people's hopes and fears well yeah you got to keep people in jail no you don't but you might have to run a little bit of a risk but you you know i'm not saying turn it around in in two weeks but you could find a way to begin to fundamentally help people instead of just punish them based on them being wrong and the example i often use and i can use right down just in here in less than a minute is say if you're born in in detroit as a A black person and your mother and father are because of the way the society, here again, dependent origination, has handled the whole drug culture and has handled uh, black people uh, or black and brown people or people with this extreme prejudice that shows up in a white person who in the next lifetime is going to be black. You can't get away from that. You can't get away from apparent otherness. It will bite you every time or it will kiss you. I'm saying, I'm not being silly. I'm just saying. It comes and goes. It is dependently risen, and so if you see this celebration, we're not celebrating someone's suffering in prison over in Detroit. But those that young man that rose there could not find a family other than a gang because his mother and father were tied up in their drug situation so much that so they couldn't be a mom and dad. But was it their fault? No. And they had their dependent origination, their mother and father, and then this whole society, and then the way this insane society has been treating people. And just a few moments ago. And I say that uh, uh, symbolically just a few moments ago, we almost had an oligarch that almost happened. And, and, and it's not because anybody's wrong. It's not because that that person is wrong. That person is part and parcel of the entire dependent origination that continues to go to war since the Peloponnesian Wars, which is my favorite example, just because uh, it was easy to remember because I like that word. <laughs> So I, and I went back and studied it. This happened around the time of the Buddha. I went back and I didn't study it. I'm not a scholar. But I read about it and thought, yeah, they had a plague. Yeah, people got murdered. Yeah, there was a war between two different places. But no different than what's happening now, Happening now, nothing has really improved that much other than the Buddha's Dharma is still here 2,500 years. And there's still a few people who see what he meant and transmit it or pass it on or teach it. Not many. There are lots of Buddhists. Not everyone is teaching what the Buddha taught. That being said, some of the people who are teaching Buddhism but not what the Buddha taught are still part of the backbone of Buddhism. It needs to show up culturally in in whatever way it can. So it might have to show up as a religion of the elders, the Theravadans. It might have to show up as a a Soto Zen, Rinzai Zen, uh, Chan Buddhism or Tibetan or the four lineages of Tibetan Buddhism. So it may have to show up that way in order to just be here so that someone uh, born down the street can grow up and walk into a monastery or, or be born uh, near one or uh, be a, an incarnation or a tolku. So I'm all about celebration, especially if there's food. <laughs>
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm afraid I have to go. I would love to stay. Um,
0: well, you're just going to have to, you know, I say don't do anything if you have to. And you probably need to do this. And, you, and one <laughs> of the things that you could do, like we all try to do, is uh, keep your commitments. One of the best things you can do with your karma, if you make a commitment to somebody, regardless, even if it's a mistake, keep your commitments. Yeah.
1: because
0: it's, it's, Then it becomes a lesson.
1: Mm-hmm. And so, on that note, I don't have to go. I want to. Oh.
0: I like that. Oh, that's pretty snazzy. <laughs> that's almost like a new convertible. <laughs> I not have to go. I want to go. You can say that, well, I want to go. <laughs> I want to go. It's been a delight talking to you. I'm very happy. You can come back anytime. I'd be happy to respond to your questions, uh, either uh, 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 either in the study groups. I really would be great for you to Uh, bring your energy if you if you so feel so obliged to bring your energy into any of these uh, what dozen or so study groups where people are working on the dharma and your particular uh, uh, energy would be helpful to others and probably helpful to you as well
1: thank you yeah i feel that i definitely feel that this that this is all very helpful so thank you thank you for your time thank you for your answers and
0: okay see you later
1: thanks everyone for being here have a good day thank you
0: Is there anyone else uh, either on Zoom or in the Zendo that would like to either come on Zoom or come up here and sit next to me here and ask uh, questions uh, in an open interview? Kevin Belling. Go ahead,
2: Kevin you were talking about uh, the transfer of fear into the physical? Yes. Is there a way to communicate difficult emotion through art that isn't perpetuating the emotion, bowing?
0: Yes. I, I think that there is, and it, and it will show up in different ways, depending on the karma of someone. You know, if you look at the paintings of Sean Sotin, which I'm sure you're familiar with where he actually went in and to a butcher shop and got sides of beef because he was so enthralled with the color. It was so beautiful to him. The animals are going to have to die because this is in France about a hundred years ago. Plus. So I'm just using that as an example. I'm not saying that he, he had somehow transcended this or wasn't converting uh, difficulty or emotions into art or into his expression, could be. Uh, But the important thing is, if one hears that there is a possibility of training your mind, this doesn't mean you have to give up art or never play any more music or devote all of your time to meditation, no, you can can do both, you can do everything. You might find yourself doing more art uh, than you do sitting meditation, but it would be a good idea to have a teacher. And uh, also some artists tend to actually avoid training the mind because they think that that this is what they need to do, they, that this is the way they meditate or train their mind is by expressing or producing or painting or composing. Or, and uh, I would disagree with that. Uh, that being said, if someone came and sat in front of me and said they wanted to do that, I would say, go do it. And if they if they cared, I would say, you have my blessing. Go do it. Live your life. Live your karma. Live your karma. I know what that feels like. I tried to do that, and what, and, and and now I'm doing it. But I resisted it for many, many years, trying to be someone else, someone else that I idealized and wanted to be. Extremely magnetized by not only visual artists but musicians. It's just a powerful thing. It has been since I was very young, and uh, my. In my 20s, that's what I was trying to do. I wanted to make my life worthwhile by creating, by being what a genius, being something, creating something fundamentally that no one ever, uh, no one had done. So a very strong kind of a a self-centered kind of approach. I don't think I was going to hurt anybody, but I was, um, you could say I was turning turning away from fundamentally what this is into relatively uh, what it could be expressed. We see... If you listen to Mozart, if you read Shakespeare, I mean, if you uh, look at the paintings of, uh, of Goya, or you look at the paintings of Rembrandt or Vermeer, uh, or, or the, the music of, uh, of what, the Grateful Dead, uh, or I, mean, you can, I can go on and on in every kind of different direction. These are, these are not, no one's doing anything wrong. It's just that the karma that showed up as this person, it needs to express itself that way. We're, we're very lucky that there are people, you could say lucky, that there are people who donate their, uh, dedicate their whole life to perfecting a particular way of expressing. But I would say if you're talking to me, which right now you are, I would say the primary thing needs to be sit down, hold still, and look at the confusion. Because the confusion can be very easily covered up, especially if you get a lot of accolades from the press or from gallery owners or from people who want to give you lots of money for whatever artwork you produce or whatever music you produce, or your ability to act and appear as a different kind of being. Uh, it's it's an, an astonishing situation. And am I in disagreement? No, I'm not in disagreement with anything. Uh, I'm also not in agreement with anything. I don't need to be. I don't need any positionality unless it shows up. And then if it shows up, I also don't refuse that. It's a difficult thing to talk about uh, because it's not a series of thoughts about something. And it's not where I'm explaining how this works or how that works, other than I say, I know who you are. It's, uh, the main thing is a mistaken identity, that we think we are someone. And uh, you see you see me smiling or chuckling a little bit, and that's because, that's because it's so obvious that we're not. You're not separate. If you realize it, it doesn't mean you have eyeballs in the oak tree three miles down the road. But you're not separate from that oak tree, just like you're not uh, separate from your kidneys. You're not separate from your from your blood flow. Not separate, separated because the consciousness finds the form it needs to work on. It might need to be taking in the color uh, yellow or, or looking at other people or listening to this voice that is coming out of an empty space. Further questions, Kevin, if you have them, delighted to respond to you.
2: How does the externalized form of or, or ritual in, in the zendo, in the temple, help us to work with difficult emotion, valley?
0: So what's happening is we, we have a form, and, uh, and our forms are full of images of what the Buddha and of the sutras, so we tie into that. Uh, you can't really abandon that. Some people, um, and I can't think of name people something, uh, people think, uh, well, you don't really need a Buddha because the nature of this is beyond uh, personhood. So therefore they do away with the Buddha. Misunderstanding, as far as I'm concerned. You need a human image and you need a human language. It needs to be human because there are too many areas where uh, consciousness is operating and not as a human. Am I threatening you? Of course I'm not threatening I'm just saying something, making an observation. So by having this, have the continuity and have the situation where the person, the student person comes in, uh, sits down and functions within the form, whether it's brush and ink awareness practice, which is a particular dedicated practice, whether it's chanting the, the sadhana Mahamudra written by Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche, which is an incredibly powerful series of images that you just can't get used to. I've been doing it for since I first heard it in, back in the mid-70s. And it's like every time I hear it, it's totally new. It's like reading Cutting True Spiritual Materialism, which we've been studying weekly as a group since 1975. Long time. That book does not wear out. Well, the copy does, but what is in it never wears out. It constantly renews itself. You can't find something in there that you know about uh, so much that you'll stop reading it or think that you understand it. More?
2: What What is the function of ritual in yeah. the path?
0: Bowen. So it's the, the, and it can show up differently with different people and different kinds of, uh, so a karmic dispensation, shall we say the way, you know, some people are not working with anger at all. They're just working with uh, dread, or fear or some kind of anxiety that is nameless doesn't seem to have it's like a lizard with no tail it's like what is this and as soon as they say what then take that what to the wall and that wall needs to be have a building needs to have a structure need to have forms they don't have to be uh military but they, they can have a little bit of that quality but not not the masculine part more the feminine part Less less like a a helmet uh, an iron helmet and more like a, a cloth basket. It needs to be uh, gentle, and this is something that Trump or was tu- was beginning to tune into before he uh, uh, flooded himself with uh, uh, sausage wraps. I'm being polite there. He was he was working on how do you. How do you, uh, one of the images was uh, uh, as nurturing someone in, uh, in in loving kindness. How do, you, how do you do that? How do you do that? Whole world is coming apart and fighting with itself and trying to correct itself. And you need to stop doing that. You need to start, that's wrong. You need to join us, so you need to join us. We're the good guys. Those are the white hats, the black hats. Yeah, it's exhausting. Not that there isn't something like that occurring, but when we go in and try to push on one and pull on another, you—you, you, I mean, what goes up is coming down, simply put. So the form, to come back to your question, the form is something you can, you repeat, you do over and over and over again, to, because then you see you can't repeat it. Nothing happens twice. You can't repeat it. By doing that over and over again, whatever the form may be, chanting the sutras every morning, leading the sutras, uh, it's time-consuming. It takes a long time, decades, actually. When somebody first comes here and we begin, I, I don't say, by the way, this is going to take you 20 or 30 years, maybe more, maybe less. No one told me that either. Further questions, Kevin, or more about that, if you have, if you want to go further into the into how forms help. When
2: you talk about the more masculine approach to to form, is that an example of being uh, of uh, grasping toward the form rather than what the form is providing space for, Valley? Yeah.
0: Yes. And so the way I would say that, but it's also uh, depending on the time frame that it was in, you know, the fifth the century, or the third century and, uh, and the culture that it, within which it arose, it just needed to be that way because men were in charge. And without that, at that time, it might have collapsed or come apart. Probably in ancient civilizations, prehistory, it probably has come and gone and come and gone. Indigenous people... However we want to uh, characterize it. So it's taken time for there to be enough, shall we say, sophistication about the nature of this. People are people don't uh, um, people that come into this space need to be respected, even if they're spinning around and having a lot of trouble, need to respect people's confusion. You can't help anyone. You can't in a simple metaphor as a doctor can't help somebody unless they understand what their confusion is. So you have to respect their appendicitis put kind of simply. But it's that way in in terms of working with the mind. And there's all kinds of people working on this in different ways. Not too many are working on it from the point of view of consciousness itself. Most are working with some kind of, if it isn't a physical thing they're doing or moving around or shuffling around, then it's some kind of aspect that comes together in terms of concept about something that's physical. Like the one that I've been looking into, and Ondo also, who's a, who's a therapist, uh, are looking into is uh polyvagal therapy. It has to do with the vagus nerve and interesting area. And, and we should look into it. I'm not saying we shut science out and don't look at anything. No, we include, include. But don't exclude the sitting practice of meditation or sit down whole still and watch the movement. So coming back to the forums, even those uh, since I've been doing this for a while, some of those forums that were traditional, uh, I didn't push them away. I just could see that I just I just could not promote them. I can't promote promote scheduled walking meditation by a person with a gong. I'm not against that, but it needs to come out of your mind stream. And it doesn't have to be even the words I need to walk. You might just go and walk. You might want to walk. Uh, clockwise so everybody's walking the same direction if three people get up but putting a time frame on it uh, that is not that you have no say so over uh, is not a good idea because it creates a meditate creates an identity of someone who's getting somewhere not interested there isn't anywhere there's anywhere to get progress is a big myth it's called the myth of freedom kevin
2: bowing Moments ago, you t- talked about loving kindness and there are discrete loving kindness practices. Do you ever teach those or can loving, uh, sorry, I did an orf on you, but can loving kindness be cultivated by just through shikantaza bowing?
0: Yes, that's how it's done. And we also have forms. We, we do loving kindness every day. We supplicate uh, for, for beings in the light, to come down and protect us. So we don't, but it's not a belief about it. It's just a form where we take the form. We're not depersonalizing it. Like, oh well, I'm going to do this. I don't really believe it, but we don't need that. You can do it. You can do it. Just, you don't need to know. You don't have, you don't need the relative knowledge of is there any bread in the bread box? Probably there's no guarantee. You may not even have a bread box. So I'm saying that as a metaphorically, I'm saying that do the form anyway, rather than look like, is this form helping me? That's why you have a teacher. That's why your teacher had a couple of teachers, actually more than that, but two that I talk about. And then also uh, this person didn't start teaching until they absolutely had to. I minded my own business for 35 years, pretty much. Unless I got permission. And that's even the case now. I need to be asked. And it's the same way with the uh, beings that are in the light. Are there light beings? I don't know. Not interested. I don't need proof. I don't need proof because everything I look for, everything I see is in front of me all the time, 24-7. Use whatever word you want. Everywhere, every eyes I look into, I see it. I'm not saying I'm having some kind of woo-woo feeling. Oh, my goodness. I'm, gee, I see the fundamental nature of reality in everybody's eyes. Whoop-de-doo. I don't see anything else but that. It's not a abandoning something else for this. It, nothing happened when His Holiness the Sixteenth Karmapa, on his deathbed in 1981, said to the Vajra Regent Ursal Tenzin, "Nothing happens." Was that a teaching? <laughs> they thought it was because they made a bunch of bumper stickers that said that on it. Nothing happens. But he was just talking to the Regent. He wasn't. Saying, make a bumper sticker out of this.
2: There's a question in the chat from Yu Hung. Yu Hung, go ahead. Uh, she says, "Do people rotate from? I think she means five realms. She she said rooms, but I think five realms. Is that possible that some people will not experience one or some realms during their lifetime bowing?"
0: You could say you you know you could speculate about it probably, but those those are just the dynamics of our of our mind going from here to there and liking this, not liking this, shutting down on this, opening up on that. So yeah, it's a there's no there's no uh, guarantee. There's no th- those are just models or structures or or kind of metaphors. So you can begin to uh, take your what is not separate and break it down into pieces, into uh, walls and and roofs and foundations and lighting systems uh, to use a house metaphor in such a way that you can begin to understand your the way your mind is functioning in certain ways and the way your mind likes to be uh in a in a, in a realm that's comfortable and so that's, that's why some uh, meditation practices um uh, talk about that about those realms and actually some even make promises if you do this you'll You'll be in uh, the Tushita heaven, or you'll be in, uh, in Buddha's Western paradise. Just a way of talking about it. Don't believe it. But don't disbelieve it, and don't, don't avoid that. Don't look away from it. So this is the way I talk about this, is it's necessary to study the Dharma. It's not necessary to understand it. And the reason I say that is because then you'll, you'll set up a standard for understanding. Understanding. You'll set that up and then you'll try to live up to it. Or, or somebody will test you or somebody will. It's, it's not incorrect, relatively, of course it's correct. This is why we have, people have PhDs because they're able to jump through all the hoops and loops and get there. But the kind of education that I'm talking about here is about see what it is. It's not a relative kind of knowing of otherness. You see that it's, nothing is separate. You're no longer, if you see this, if you realize this, which I'm highly encouraging you to do with your life, whatever you have left of it, even after I'm gone, which might not be too much longer, it's hard to say. Not, not concerned with it. Train your mind, find out so there's no doubt. Don't get your, don't get your identity from anyone or anything, even Buddhism, you're gonna to need to start there. That's what the Bodhisattva path is, but that, that's the reason they call that a path, because it ends. Find out who you are. Further, Kevin?
2: How, I feel like I keep asking the same question. How does an image that appears in a tanka, which is an externalized image, help us w- with our with our minds bowing?
0: Okay, so it depends on individual. Uh, some I've spent a lot of time doing that kind of a practice of looking at a tanka and then visualizing the images of the, uh, that were there or that were in the in the liturgy. The instructions about how to how to uh, do uh, whatever it may be—one of the nundra practices or a sadhana practice—and so it's just a—it's just a reminder. It comes from ancient times. It's just a, this is what the what it looks like. This is what I want you to, as a as your teacher, this I want you to look at this—the uh, uh, wheel of life that shows all the realms. It's a teaching device uh, in, in a time that uh, um, that the education was probably pretty minimal as far as people being able to. Uh, memorize or go to school and so on. Um, So I think it can be helpful. It's just like we have a a white Tara um, tanka that you can see the bottom of it in the picture here and uh, an altar and a rupa or a bronze figure of uh, the classical um, form of white Tara who is uh, an aspect of your mind that we supplicate. You can't really find your wisdom mind. Otherwise you could go in there and, you know, punch in a new program, you know, take out the the spiritual materialism that's there but we can't we can't I mean at least i don't know how maybe uh, one of these other guys do people teachers so we use that as, as a reminder and people do it differently some people might do white Tara practice with its uh, what 23 syllables or something like that mantra and do the visualization which is a very simple form of creation completion comes out of ancient tibet and probably originally out of india or out of the Pern uh, Indigenous uh, shamanistic spiritual path of Tibet, and so we we take this, and we could do something else. We could uh, go off in a distance and maybe not use anything like that, and just uh, use tree bark, you know, because we want to be so natural. And we'll draw pictures on the tree, and that way, that will connect us with the. I mean, if you. People go on and on and on about this, and sometimes it's very magnetic if a person's creativity is really good. They can actually get followers to uh, proceed in that way if you witness different um, religions that have shown up, not only in Christianity, but in, in Buddhism also that have kind of odd trajectories to them. And sometimes they fight with other uh, lineages. or they. So to come back to your idea of the image, it's just a reminder, simply put you, if you, the Buddha, you know, doesn't, is not a rock sitting on a table. A Buddha is a, is a human form. And so to have a carving, as we do here, as you can see on the screen, it's a reminder. And when we come up and bow to the Buddha, you're, you're not bowing to a golden idol, like it might look to people. You're, uh, if you're a student of the Buddha's Dharma, especially if you're, if you've gone far enough to be lay ordained or fully ordained, or just have been practicing this a long time, either thing is, has its kind of, uh, And so you you realize that you need to have something like that in a relative situation so that you can look at the Buddha. And every time you bow, you really don't know who you're bowing to or what you're bowing to. But there's something about this path that seems to be, uh, it seems to include not knowing. It's powerful. So so if there's a lot of belief, then the belief gets in the way of the not knowing. And not knowing is ego's word for uh, wisdom. You know, ego doesn't have a word for wisdom that is accurate. It might have words for it, but wisdom is there. Isn't anyone that knows anything? So everything is uh, what self-known. Everything is just known. Sometimes called uh, one taste. <clears throat> and it's not. It's not. There's no congratulation. There's, there's no one coming and telling you, "Yeah, I think you're doing pretty good." <laughs> I saw that one thing you did, did there. Uncle Soka's on. You guys see that one thing I did that was so successful? It's interesting. All of the monks here are scowling. Well, now they're not. Well, yeah. So but we're, notice how we're attached to that. We're, we're, we're attached to success. We don't want to be wrong. We don't want to be wrong. We don't want to be incorrect uh, in any, especially to someone we respect. So having a tanka, having a figure of the Buddha, having as we have here on this uh, Puja table of Bell and Dorje, which sometimes I go through the ritual forms that I did quite a number of times. And sometimes it looks like it's necessary to bring those in a little bit. So, but as I said, we're, we've, more, at least in this monastery, uh, we've kind of done away with the two uh, forms that are traditional downs of the centuries. We do not do functional speech, nor do do we do noble silence. We do situational silence. In other words, you're treated as an adult. You know when you need to talk. You don't need a a form to do that. The the form, what form do you need? Sit down in the hole still and watch what continues to move. That's the one. Not living up to some kind of a, highly stylized subjectivity. Same thing with the, uh, doing Oreoke orio- orio- is very good because it's a community thing that is done together with forums, but to, but we talk during that. If you've ever been to one of these at the monastery, you notice that there's no rule against talking, but people are, what you can say here, it's situational. People don't talk much. They know that that's probably not a time to just gab and visit. So it, it happens situationally. People talk a little bit when they, when they're not sure where to put this or put that. Same thing with the, with the complicated forms. One of them I'm thinking of was a community form with a with a. a, a I'm trying to think of the Vajra Yogini Sadhana practice feast practice. You would get together with the community and very complicated stuff of you know little cards and all the tibetans were just full of all kinds of little reference points because you know if you lived in a in the mountains where you didn't see anybody very much you might need some uh, reference points called tankas called uh ganta and dorje or damaru or or this particular mantra that mantra body speech mind body speech mind particular stuff that you wear to kind of remind you and to remind others uh, this is a reminder for me this is not a credential of uh, I'm this wonderful monk it reminds me what I'm here whatever time I have left what I'm here to do And, and, and so far as I am able I intend to with your help I think, there's there's I mean.
2: a follow-up question from Hung. Go
0: ahead, Hung. We'll take one more from you, and then we'll close. Please.
2: She said, could you explain more about rituals?
0: Yeah, the I, I could, but I would take I'd have to go into you know more wandering around. Uh, it's just a form that you can do. We can't find our mind. So I, as I'm sure you noticed. But that aspect of the mind seems to be that discursive part. seems to tends to bubble up and go away and come back and, and haunt us or be critical or and it's loaded sometimes with a whole truckload of bad feelings. We don't know where they came from, but they're uncomfortable. And so we the one ritual is sit down, hold still, look at the wall, and that way the the activity, the ritual of ego, is toned down. The ritual of I want this. I don't want that. I like this. I shouldn't have that. That shouldn't be happening. He shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. Why did I say that? I'm so bad. I'm such a terrible, horrible person. The very highly polished form of ego is self-blame. That actually perpetuates the self-centeredness and it might do it your whole life until you die. Don't do that. And how do you, how do you, how do you don't do that? Just see that you do it. If you see that you do it and you don't stop it. When I say don't do that, I know you can't stop. I know you can't stop it. I can't stop it. But just look at that movement. And so the ritual I would recommend to you, Yuhung, is a, a sitting practice of meditation. You could do a little bit. You could uh, have an altar, have a, uh, an image of the Buddha, which represents the Buddhist uh, teaching. Could be any any number. of. You, you could carve it yourself. And uh, sit down in front of that, offer, Offer your, your respect to that because you're bowing to your own wisdom mind. Why? Because your wisdom mind is not separate from the Buddha or from anyone else. It's just that most of the people we meet out of hope and fear have it covered up. There was nothing to correct, but there might be something to uncover. And so use a very simple form. You don't have to receive vows or that, that would be completely up to you. But it might be a good idea to... Uh, create a, a daily practice of, uh, that you wouldn't be militant about. You, you might miss a day, you might pick it up again. And in our situation, since we have uh, uh, our technical people are so <laughs> good at creating this, we were able to stay connected with people, not only in, in this country, in this state, but on different parts of the world. It's not that there's a lot, but there's a few that I wouldn't even know about because they live in South Africa or France or Germany or England, UK. So just keep it simple. Buddha, Dharma, Sangha, teaching person, you don't have to talk to me every day, of course, but all kinds of teachings out there, hundreds and hundreds of hours have been recorded, both on podcasts and on YouTube. So that's available in lots of different directions. And then the Sangha, you can join uh, one or two book studies a week, another forum, discuss, just listen to people discussing this material who've been doing it for years, and use that to support your intellectual situation. And then as far as forms, have a place to sit and and get over there and slow down, sit down and then watch the, the forms that ego produces, that argues with the form that you've just tied into, which is the teaching form of the Buddha, train the mind.
2: William Murray says, Moodles wants to say hello to Sokuzan and Chiezan.
0: Okay, we'll bring her on. How old are you now, Moodles?
1: Do you have any more Girl Scout Thin Mint cookies?
0: Yeah, (laughs) Girl Scout Thin Mint cookies are high on the priority list here, if you have any. Not demanding. Just if you have them. I don't see her showing up anymore, huh?
1: We're
0: almost out. Almost out of what? Uno said we're almost out of thin mint cookies, and you can imagine who's eating those since I've eaten two of them. <laughs> So we'll close for the day. We've gone quite a bit over our time, but that's okay. And glad to hear from you, Moodles. Chazan's right here, so he heard your uh, greeting also. May the merit of this penetrate into
1: all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way.
2: Directions of three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones,
1: Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna Paramita.
0: All Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the ten directions and the three times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokipoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering, and fill them with light.